Well, that's why the clap is always very helpful. <laughs> and you've always said that, haven't you, actually? It's always been your... Not sure everyone agreed when you had to do the calls. You were furious. Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. So are you ready? Because on the turntable this week, we've got Love and Kisses by Danny Minogue. Oh, I thought you were doing your, uh, what's his, John Whelan impression from Gladiators. Or um, Meryl Streep at the end of Mamma Mia. Do you want some more? Do you want another one? Anybody want any more? And then the French and Saunas version where <laughs> Dawn Fred says, no, I think no one wants any more. That's quite enough for now. <laughs> As uh, Julie Walters. Oh, happy memories. Uh, Dan, this week is a big one for us. Very excited about this. Yes, we are. We love Danny. Of course we do. We've only done one Danny episode on Track by Track so far. That was Neon Nights a couple of years ago. But we did, of course, do the tweet along with Tom Ospol to Girl last year, which Danny joined in for, which was as a surprise as well. Even we didn't know that was going to happen. That was amazing, wasn't it? Uh, it was wonderful. We had been uh, in negotiations, uh, but we weren't sure whether it was going to all work out. And just such a treat. And uh, with talk about more in the future, but that's that's enough of that for now. Let's focus on what we're here to do today. So we started with something very, well, semi-up-to-date, Today, we're going right back to the beginning. Yes, we are celebrating 30 years of the release of her debut international album, Love and Kisses. Just going to get it out there straight away. Uh, The year before, so in 1990, Danny, the self-titled album, came out. And this is a version of that for the international market, Love and Kisses, released on the 3rd of June, 1991. And where does this fit into uh, Danny's timeline? It was after Home and Away? Yes, it was after Home and Away, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, uh, question for you, mm-hmm. spot quiz. Uh, what was the name of Danny's character in Home and Away? Oh, I feel like a fool for not, for not doing my research on this. I honestly have no idea. So I'm just going to guess, was it Bobby? It wasn't Bobby. Bobby was a character in Home and Away and was, I think, was in it at the same time. But Danny was actually Emma Jackson. Oh. Uh, and she was in 208 episodes uh, across 1989 and 1990. So the international release of Love and Kisses uh, was after Danny uh, on that. And Will, did you watch Home and Away? I used to, just way back when it started, uh, and I can remember Danny in it, um, because it was the double, double bubble, wasn't it? You'd watch Home and Away at 10 past five on ITV, and then at 5.35, you'd flick over uh, and watch Neighbours. On BBC One. On BBC One. Yes, and I did used to watch it as well, watch both as well, actually, but I'm sure you won't mind me saying, a little bit after 
then. I'm just a couple of years younger. Don't like to mention it too often. Um, so Danny had already left when I was watching it. But the reason I said Bobby actually will is because one of my scariest things I've ever seen on TV is when Bobby, she died and her ghost came out of the fridge. And still sometimes, every so often, I'll watch that on YouTube just to remind myself of how absolutely terrifying that was. Did you see that bit? I can't remember that, no. Oh, God, that for me is the... Yeah, that's one of the biggest TV moments I can remember. So, Danny Minogue was born in October, 20th of October 1971. A huge global megastar. Singer, actor, a songwriter, TV judge, TV host, fashion designer, uh, charitable worker... Listen, no, would, uh, philanthropist. Philanthropist. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't work in a charity shop. She doesn't work in scope on the weekends. But she, no, I'm sure I she s- would. I, yeah, I'm sure she would. I, but I'm sure I saw someone the spit of her in our in the Sue Ryder shop down the road from me. But it can't have been her. Well, you never know. Danny has had a long and illustrious musical career, which is still going now, and hopefully more to come. Last year, she re-recorded and re-released "All I Want to Do." So good. Uh, so good and thank you Danny thank you Ian for that uh, but for today's track by track we're going right back to uh, Love and Kisses and Dan I was about to but stop myself from asking you why <laughs> we're talking about it today because you've probably furiously were going to tell me because but you listen this time you're getting there we're getting somewhere um, but yeah this album is 30 and it will come as maybe a huge surprise or maybe no surprise to listeners while we were getting ready for this episode this is the first time i'd listened to this album obviously big danny fan ever 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 i love neon nights of course as we talked about a couple of years ago love girl um love some of the stuff that came after neon nights was it club disco but um i'm quite often with artists if i get into them after they've started off it takes me a long time to go back to the beginning because I'm really appreciating what they're putting out at the time. But I will say this as well, Will. I've never listened to Kylie's first couple of albums. So whenever we come to do those, that'll be brand new. You know, you're going to get absolutely lynched on our social media when this episode comes out, Dan. And quite right too, actually. If anyone wants to have a Twitter-style pylon uh, against Dan, please do. At Track by Track UK. So, so shall we? Let's do it, Will. Uh, so side one, track one, this is Love and Kisses. So that's the first track on the album Love and Kisses there. And just to be very specific, you know we like the specificity. This is the Dancing Danny D 7-inch mix. Will, did you set out her stall? I think she started to set out her stall. Then it started raining and she ran inside to take cover. And then track two and onwards 
sets it out properly again. Just because this is, I mean, I love, I do enjoy this track. Uh, oh, did you notice then? I just stopped short of saying I love this track and said something else instead. Oh. Uh, because I do enjoy it. And it's got a lovely, bouncy, catchy chorus. But I think uh, there are some more, uh, I guess, key tracks to come on the album. And the overall sound of the album is just just starting to come out here. And it's definitely a little bit more R&B than some of the more deeper dance stuff to come. And of course, this was the debut single from Danny in Australia and around the world as well. So... I think with with a first single, you're never going to get the best single ever. I think that's a very rare. But I do think it's a great introduction to the sound. And working with Danny on this song, on co-writing, is Alvin Moody. He worked with Danny on quite a few of the tracks on the album. He has performed and toured and written and produced and worked with the likes of Cher, Whitney and Patti LaBelle. So all divas. And I include Danny in that list as well as a diva but yeah i think he he brings that real um quite american r&b sound isn't it uh, danny actually went to new york to record uh this album um so it genuinely is very authentic yeah and i think it's it's kind of when you listen to this song it's very it's quite of the time it sounds like the kind of late 80s early 90s but it's Kind of not, it's not what what Kylie was doing at the time, is it? And I don't want to kind of throw comparisons to Kylie throughout the episode or throughout the tracks, but around this time, Kylie had just released Rhythm of Love. So things like Better the Devil You Know and Step Back in Time, a very pure pop, stock Aiken Waterman sound. This is not that at all. This is much clubbier, I would say. And of course, Danny would make music for clubs throughout her career. Um, but I, instantly, I like that she's doing her own thing. I, I like the fact that it is different to Kylie, but I think, yeah, Danny has always favoured a slightly more dancier, clubbier route. And, you know, and that's where some of her biggest hits and her fan favourite songs lie, isn't it? So no surprise that with this first album, she decided to go in that direction more. I, I can imagine she loves to go dancing. Still. I mean, she's got the little one now, of course, but I'm sure she's got a reliable babysitter. Well, if not Kylie herself. I expect Auntie Kylie does do her share. They're very close, aren't they? They are. And just a few, I was going to say just a few months ago now, Will, six months ago at Christmas, I rewatched the um, Royal Albert Hall Kylie Christmas concert. And when Danny comes on stage and sings 100 Degrees with her, it's such a magic moment because you can instantly see the chemistry between them and the love between them. And it's such a shame. I hope in the future we get more duets. And I think the pop world often lacks, you know, siblings that work together, that genuinely love each other, when it's so obvious and so clear as well. So this is this was a hit single. I got to number eight in the UK singles chart uh, as the debut release from Danny here. Also got to number four in Australia. So big hit uh, on her home turf. Yeah, what a way to kick off her music career. Let's go deeper now, Dan. Track two. So this is success. So that was success there. And straight away, Dan, we were both up and dancing to that. 
this is the sound that I'm talking about when I talk about the kind of con- coherent, consistent sound of the album. It's this early, and I love it, it's this early 90s uh, kind of US-inspired dance, house, R&B music beat. And also, I think a lot of the reviewers were picking up on that as well, because this was the second single from the album. And from uh, Caroline Sullivan in Smash Hits, she likened it to uh, some Janet Jackson tracks of the time. And that's what I heard as soon as I was listening to this album for the first time. I just just took me back, actually, to Janet Jackson at Glastonbury, because her whole set was based around this sound that she became so well known for. But Danny here doing it amazingly. I think she's really a vocal has really got the right attitude for these tracks. And it is that Janet Jackson kind of rhythm nation sound that was going on in this. Also, this one was another remix of the track. So this is the Bruce Forrest 7-inch mix. Bruce Forrest was a prolific New York DJ. So again, that that American sound on here. Also, well, this is the second 7-inch, but don't worry if you want something... A little bit longer. There are plenty of 12 inches available on the Love and Kisses and dot, dot, dot version of the album that came later. Uh, And if you've got a spare five minutes, uh, have a look on YouTube and you can see some fantastic archive performances of Danny, uh, which really do throw you back to the 90s. And, you know, I can remember the early 90s because I was uh, almost into double figures or in just in my early preteen years. And it just strikes up very specific memories of Top of the Pops, uh, like Saturday Morning TV with pop with pop stars on there performing their new singles. So songs like this and like Kylie and Kathy Dennis and, you know, all of those lovely ladies uh, just take me right back to that time. And this was a single in the UK and Australia as well. It got to number 11 in the UK. Didn't do quite as well in the Australian charts and got to number 28. And this was the second single to be released so lovely to see track one single one track two single two a real uh pop pop piece of perfection also will uh you said this was a number 11 hit in the uk danny performed this in front of the queen on the royal variety show in 1991 really Mm. i wonder if she was up and dancing to it um also will worth noting that this is the only track on the album co-written by Danny herself. She wrote this one with Alvin Moody. Track number three now, and this is hopefully so hard to forget. So hard to forget there. And Dan, you can tell we're not fans of that song because we talked to each other all the way through it about what we're having for dinner. Well, we did, but it's lovely background music. I think it is. <laughs> obviously, we've gone into ballad territory on track three. Uh, you could you could be forgiven for thinking this was the third single because obviously track three, single three, often a ballad in, in, in pop artists' repertoires. Uh, but this is not a ballad. This is an album track. But I think it's a, it's a lovely r&b tinged ballad and i think she's got a lovely vocal on it as well what a great time to look at the fantastic album artwork and this is very of its time so you've got a lovely 
uh, photo shoot of Danny. But she's looking lovely. You've got Danny uh, in big uh, blue letters and then Minog underneath in little letters with love and kisses at the top right-hand corner with a lovely white uh, relief heart beneath it as well. It's very exposed, isn't it, to make, make her face really stand out as well. Yeah, it is. And also the fact that Danny is in huge letters and then Minogue in smaller ones beneath it was really kind of pushing that. At this point, I imagine Kylie was already known as Kylie. So it's, this is Danny. You don't need to know the surname. This is Danny. And I think that's probably stood. If we if we talk to a lot of people about Danny, this is the Danny you think of, isn't it? No. Who do you think of? Danny from Greece? No, Danny from Hearsay. <laughs> Danny would later go on to just dispense with Minogue altogether and just have Danny on her artwork as well. Which I don't want to be picky, but it does make it quite tricky. Obviously, she couldn't foresee how big a deal streaming services would be. But because Girl was released as Danny, now if you play tracks on that on Apple Music, it says that the artist is Danny Minogue and Danny. Which for me, with a bit of OCD, it's not her fault. I want to put that there. It's not her fault. It's the algorithms. But the track itself is very forgettable for me, and I'm sorry because I love her dearly, but this is not one of her best. And you know what? Considering where she went musically after this, uh, and considering the club disco sound, I'd imagine it's probably not one of her favourite songs either. Behind this song, Will, you have Trevor Gale and Kenny Hairston, and together they worked on things like Sybil's Crazy For You and Vanessa Williams' Running Back To You. Uh, and I can't mention Vanessa Williams without talking about Ugly Betty, which I'm watching at the minute on Disney+. Plus. Oh, she's such a good character in that. But she she has to sing. I'm sure it's in her contract that she has to sing in everything she's in because in Desperate Housewives she did, in Ugly Betty she does. I've not seen her in anything else, but I imagine there's more singing. Well, if you've got it, flaunt it. And you have got it, haven't you? And I do flaunt it. Yeah. Good for wonderful you. singing, wonderful singing voice. As the listeners hear, more and more regular, actually. Confidence. It's all about the confidence, as, as Auntie Gok normally says. Oh, I thought he was doing Katie Price. Track four now, and this is Party Jam. So that was Party Jam and there's a whole host of new names behind this one, Will. So brace yourself because I'm going to share them with you now. Uh, we've ready. got Vincent Bell, not to be confused with session guitarist Vinnie Bell, who played on Simon and Garfunkel's The Sound of Silence, the second best version of that song, as we've previously discussed. Mm. Also, Eric Isles, uh, not to be confused with uh, Eric Idol, of course, founding member of Monty Python and writer and singer of the One Foot in the Grave theme song. Uh, and also the aforementioned Alvin Moody, not to be confused with Alistair Mad-Eye Moody, one of the most famous auras of all time and a member of the Order of the Phoenix. Thank you for those tenuous names. I don't think anyone was going to confuse any of those with oh. those songwriters. Now, I've got a new genre to bring to the table, actually, which I do feel this album uh, encompasses, mm. uh, which is New Jack Swing. Yes. Which is kind of a mix of dance music, 
urban music, R&B music. Uh, and it's the, and it's that beat and the bounce that's in a lot of these tracks on this album that also, you know, Janet Jackson uh, and many other artists of the time were favouring. That, that's what it is. So if you want to put your finger on something, Dan, that. And what if I want to put my finger on something else? Don't. Yeah, I did see New Jack Swing thrown around a lot when uh, looking into this album, and it definitely has. It feels very much like uh, its own sound almost. Obviously, it's an amalgamation of things, but it's not really a sound that we've talked about too much uh, on track by track. And I think on this song, certainly the most that we've heard so far is when it's uh, at its peak because it's kind of really stripped back, really industrial. It's quite breakbeat as well. Um, And again, completely different to what a lot of pure pop stars were doing at the time. Also, Will, on the subject of Party Jam, or Jam specifically, what's your favourite conserve? Oh, what a great question. Oh, I just don't know, actually. Really throwing you under the bus there, haven't I? I mean, uh, Robertson's uh, Marmalade is class, absolutely classic. Yes, and do you like it thick cut? Uh, absolutely. And I just think a doorstep slice of crusty bread uh, with lots of butter on it and then just slather it with um, Daniel Mouse watering. I've um, drooled on my t-shirt, so sorry. Uh, slather it with marmalade. Uh, oh, absolute heaven with a big mug of tea. Per- that's perfection, Will. Um, and I'm a, I'm a fan of that, but I really love, I think my favourite is I think lions make it the lime marmalade or the lemon and lime marmalade. So tangy, so delicious. I didn't actually ask you, Dan. It was really... <laughs> oh, right. Well, you can cut it out with the edit. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, joking. That sounds lovely. <laughs> Track five. This is Attitude. Your favourite magazine. <laughs> I prefer gay time. I'm going to throw another name into the mix here. That sounds really salt and peppery. Yes. I hadn't... Yeah, that name hadn't popped up in my brain as I was listening earlier. Definitely, yeah. Is that that because of the attitude in the track, Will? The attitude, but also the... Just the the beat, that kind of tinny drum beat. uh, And the... It's just very familiar. And also, Danny delivers the verses in a kind of almost rap or spoken style, which I think is the first time we've heard that. Certainly heard it in uh, abundance, as we are doing here. But I do love this one musically, Will, because there's so much going on. There's also, you said about the drum beat before, there's hints of funk with the guitar in there. There's the sort of electric R&B of the bass. There's almost house music influences with the keys. I think so much going on. And then also the structure of the track is really... Just again, not your standard pop track. And I just thought, as listening to this, thinking about Danny as an ex soap star going to a superstar, not via the ITV One series, but it did make me think, you know, you couldn't see many acts 
doing it this way or making music this way. Like you can't imagine Kevin Kennedy when he tried out his solo career. You couldn't imagine him doing this, could you? <laughs> Cur- what, Curly Love from Coronation Cur- Street? Curly Watts, the lovely Curly. Only had one single, I think, Bulldog Nation. And if we're lucky, we won't be playing it right now. No, that does not sound like something I, you or our listeners need to be subjected to. (laughs) Apparently he's absolutely desperate to get back in that soap. He'll do anything, but they won't have him. Really? Is that Mm. inside inside knowledge? Well, yeah, from uh, Heat Magazine. Track number six now. What? So work there. And before we go any further, just to let you know the intel. So behind this one is the infamous Bell, Isles and Moody once again. This has really hit its stride now with this song because this is everything I love about this era of Danny and this sound and this kind of dance, pop, new Jack Swing style. Uh, It's very drummy. It's very bouncy. It's very immediate. Uh, and what is it about the name, the word work and songs called work? It just seems very, very popular. Well, yeah, while that song was playing, we had a bit of work by Kelly Rowland, didn't we? We had a bit of work from home by Fifth Harmony. Any other work, works? Saturdays. Yeah. Work it from Missy Elliott. Why don't you get a job by The Offspring? Uh, get a job from a recent feature on Track by Track. The gossip. But do let us know your favourite work or work-related song at Track by Track UK. But on this one, yeah, again, the music of this, the music, the whole sound is so... Again, I think New Jack Swing is going to be our like our new Manchester or Balearic. I'm going to say our, I mean my. Um, <laughs> but it's it does this sound perfectly. The I think in this one, the keyboards and those kind of like stabs. I really do feel like this could quite easily have been a Janet Jackson song. And I think, I hope Danny would take that as a compliment. She definitely would. Now, are you ready for number seven? Absolutely. It's a big one. It's Jump to the Beat. Jump to the beat there, and I don't think it's any surprise to anyone that that's one of my favourites on the album, Dan. No, absolutely no surprise. But what is it that makes it your one of your favourites or your actual favourite, Will? Uh, I just think it's got just an amazing energy to it because it does just make you want to dance around. I love the tambourine running through that as well. I think it's a classic early 90s dance track sound to it. Uh, and also, it's a great pop song as well. It's it's a cover. It's not an original song. Uh, but, I mean, this is why Danny covered it, because it's a great song. Uh, and I think Danny's cover just brought it to more people. Yeah, definitely did. 
Also, I think great move on either Danny or the record company's part. I don't know if this was the the thinking behind it, but of course, success peaked at number 11, as we said. This was single three and got to number eight. And I just feel like, you know, perhaps that was the logic behind it. It's a great song that some people already knew. Give it a new spin, make it sound like it belongs on the album. Um, and yeah, climbed even higher at the charts, just cementing Danny Minogue as a fantastic pop star. Uh, yeah, number three. Good, yeah. And, you know, rightly so, actually, because it's just a great song, isn't it? Whether it's original or not. And for anyone who doesn't know, the original of this was released in 1980 by Stacey Lattisor. Will, are you a fan of Stacey's? Uh, no, but you've just got me thinking about a, uh, like a toffee and apple lattice tart. Oh my, I was thinking of a cherry one, but yours sounds even better. So it always comes back to food, doesn't it? it food does. and bowels on this podcast <laughs> well they are linked quite closely <laughs> so as we said this sounds like it belongs on the album and behind this one you have la mix uh, these were a group between 1987 and 1992 they released two albums with this very similar sound uh, and they had featured vocalists jazzy p and juliet roberts uh, on their tracks not julie roberts as i no juliet roberts me. bad girls is in the Donna Summer Bad Girls or is it a different Bad Girls? It was a cover. It was a cover. Oh, another another bloody cover from LA Mix. Uh, also, Andy Whitmore on this one. He started out as a session musician for the likes of Elton, Kathy Dennis, and Pet Shop Boys. Oh, said him on the episode. Um, but he later went on to produce things like Peter Andre's Flavor and Emanates, I've Got a Little Something For You. So again, a real kind of pop R&B sound, but of course on those tracks, a little bit more polished for a later 90s pop market. And Danny's looking very mischievous on the single cover for this as well. Yeah, she really does, actually. What she heard. Do you think Danny had an edgier, more contemporary sound to Kylie? Do you th- and do you think that was very, very conscious? Uh, certainly at this time, yes. I think Kylie obviously would go on to do, have her uh, indie, indie wilderness years, I think we like to coin the the time, uh, later on in the mid-90s. But at this time, yeah, Kylie was pure pop and this was a very different, again, clubbier sound, for want of a better word. Or a new Jack Swing sound, as we're now. Thank you. Really pushing. Now it's in our lexicon. Ah, Will Young. Oh, I was thinking ABC. Track number eight now, and this is Call to Your Heart. So that was Call to Your Heart there, which for me, Dan, probably goes on about a minute and a half too long. Well, interestingly, this is one of the longer songs, isn't it? Coming in at five and a half minutes. So um, it's weird that a lot of these tracks do say uh, seven inch mix or edited version and this one isn't. So you you like the bite sized pieces, do you? Well, yeah, funny enough, on Love and Kisses and dot, 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 uh, you've got Call to Your Heart edited version, which is exactly the same length. Oh, I think this is a great, uh, fun album track, but not one of the strongest on the album. 
Yeah, I really like it. And to be honest, this one, when I was listening to this, I was thinking this would be great live. I imagine when this, well, if this ever was performed live back in the day, it was a great track. Also, it just made me think, God, I really wish Danny would perform live again, do a little tour. Do you know what she'd be great at, Will? Mighty Hoopla. Mighty Hoopla. Well, both actually, but Mighty Hoopla in particular, she could headline that. Um, I'd love to see Danny live and I'd love to see her doing some of these early tracks as well. But yeah, like I said, it's a great album track, but an album needs some great album tracks. Track nine. And Dan, this is what you said uh, to the boy from the chip shop down that alley late one night after closing time. I don't want to take this page. I never thought it would take so long For time to come and hear my broken heart I want you back I don't want to take this page anymore I don't want to take this page I don't want to take this page anymore I don't want to take this page, baby So, track number nine there, I Don't Want to Take This Pain. I think what stands out for me on this one, once again, actually, is the vocal. Danny has created a fantastic album of, again, New Jack Swing, R&B-influenced American pop. But her vocal is great on this one. Again, great power, great attitude. And I'm not the only one who thought that, actually, Will, because in Smash Hits magazine, Rosala of Everybody's Free to Feel Good fame, which, of course, coincidentally was covered by Kylie, uh, on the uh, Snow Queen edition of Kylie Christmas, she said that her voice sounds much better on this record than it does on her other ones. I think insinuating that she had a great vocal elsewhere, but particularly on this one. But it sounds like, I don't know if there are backing vocalists or it's Danny's own harmonies, but it almost feels like this could have been sung by a, an R&B group. It does sound... I was going to mention the, the vocals because the backing vocals are unusually for like a mid-tempo track I really really like this and it's one of my favourite songs on the album and it is because of Danny's voice and the harmonies with the backing vocals and just it really does sort of chirp away very nicely and I think I I can't find anywhere any any info on whether it is Danny or whether there are they got session singers backing vocalists in for it yeah and I think around this time it was just the early stages of when we'd see a lot of R&B girl groups, the likes of En Vogue and Eternal, things like that. And for me, this sounds like it could have been recorded by either one of those. Uh, the single artwork on this is very Gina G-esque uh, in terms well. of the, in not the font itself, but in terms of the, the the lettering style, because it says Danny, and then in a little circle in the top right hand corner, it's got the M. How funny is that? So they changed the they changed the theme halfway through. I don't know how I feel about that, Will. I do like a look to stay for the entire album campaign, but it's a great piece of single artwork. And just wanted to mention, Danny signed to Mushroom Records uh, when she started her music career, which was included this album. Very prominent record label at the time. Can you name any other artists that were on Mushroom Records, Dan? Um, to be honest, I think I remember it because I think at the end of Neighbours, it pops up. I think maybe talking about the theme tune, but who, who else is on there, Will? Well, Danny, Kylie, Jason. Uh, also, they did provide a lot of the music for the background in the, the coffee shop or the waterhole or wherever else as well. But some other notable artists uh, like Peter Andre. 
Garbage, Nelly Furtado, Home and Away also use their services as well. And, and many, many other artists that I don't, not familiar with that I presume are uh, big down under. Uh, and of course, earlier this year, not Michael... Well, <laughs> well, they might be. I, well, hopefully. And of course, earlier this year, Michael Gudinski, the uh, founder, passed away. And the music world, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, kind of went crazy because of, of his influence. And the likes of Kylie uh, were really paying tribute to him. And then there was a, a tribute concert, which she sang at with Ed Sheeran, which is a real yeah. shame. I would have preferred just, just <laughs> Kylie, if I'm honest. Track number 10 now. And that, Dan, this is what you often experience around the shrubs and bushes of uh, Hampstead Heath. <laughs> Love tracking. So love traffic there and a very recognisable name on the credits of this one. This again was written by Alvin Moody with Kylie Minogue. Oh, she wanted to help her sister out. Uh, So yeah, it really is a family affair, this track. And actually, well, you did have a family affair, didn't you? Well, it was only a few years later that I discovered uh, it was my third cousin. Twice removed. Now, Will, I will say, I think the song sounds great, but I don't like the title. It's like a few weeks ago when I said about uh, Beyonce's Love Drought. I just don't like these very um, obvious analogies. And here we're talking about love traffic, and then it just leads to lines like, uh love traffic there is a jam i should be cruising and when does it stop like there's a pile up inside my heart or my carburetor's broken in my mind or let's park up in that public car park and see what happens and you actually did park up in a public (laughs) car park didn't you to see what would happen i paid and displayed uh, I think it's a perfectly nice album track, although it does go on, again, far too long uh, for me. Six minutes. Yeah, that's quite a lengthy one. Interestingly, though, when getting ready for today's episode, obviously listen to this, then I went on to Girl, then I played the full-length version of Disremembrance, and that's not overly oh, done, is it? That's No. Could be longer. Because there's a lot more to it. This is very repetitive. Which works in, in shorter bites, shorter blasts. Mm. Um, but interestingly, with Kylie writing this one, I don't know the story behind it. I don't know if she wrote it with uh, Alvin Moody for Danny or if initially it was written for herself. You just don't know. So track number 11. This is Baby Love. Oh, you're right, Baby Love.
That was baby love there. You're right, baby love. This, whilst that track was playing, Dan, I didn't tell you at the time, but I was actually watching Danny perform this on the old Saturday morning kid show Motormouth, which used to be on ITV. I don't remember the name Motormouth. Ah, and it's just, again, just from what I was talking about earlier, it's a lovely throwback because I just remember that that existed uh, and I found it on YouTube. Um, So that was Danny in the UK uh, performing that and it's very dated, which is fantastic to see. But another one of my favourite tracks on the album and one of the reasons why I love this the most is the very much more, I guess, familiar pop sound that this track has uh, from the time. And this one was another cover version as well. So this one was co-written by Stephen Bray and Regina. Regina released her own version in 1986. But Stephen Bray, he has also written songs for Madonna, including True Blue and Into the Groove. Uh, And of course, Danny would then sample Into the Groove on Don't Wanna Lose This Feeling a few years later. But apparently Madonna turned this one down. So it was even before Regina released it, it was released by Dutch girl group The Star Sisters in 85, then Regina in 86, uh, and then Danny Lovey in 91. So we're on to the last track of the album proper. And this is True Lovers. lovers there uh that's the last track on the album it is petering out a little bit there and this was narrowly pipped to the post for my album artwork song by so hard to forget but there's quite a persistent triangle in that track that once you hear it that's all you can hear honestly persistent triangles made me think of the bermuda triangle quite persistent in trying to sink those ships yeah. uh you never really hear of the bermuda triangle anymore do you actually uh, no, it got uh, knocked down for flats. Oh, bl- like most oh, things. Yeah. Gentrification. Uh, gentrification, that's the one, yeah. Such a shame. But there's a pret there as well. Oh, I do like a pret, actually. But yeah, this obviously slowing things down. And I do think it's quite an old school move to slow the album down with the ballad at the end. But then again, it's, it's an old school album. It's an old school sound throughout. Uh, so I think it does what it's supposed to do. But quite interesting that this one, uh, like the first track, is a dancing Danny D uh, mix of the song. Uh, was the original version even more of a ballad? So just a word before we move on to some Danny Minogue further listening on the album performance. Uh, and this album uh, did well. It got to number eight in the UK album chart, uh, which is a great debut for an Australian artist. Uh, and just looking back, because obviously this version, as you said at the start of the podcast, was the Love and Kisses was the uh, UK debut, but it originally existed in an original in an, 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 an original form as Danny, uh, which uh, got to number twenty four in the Australian album chart, uh, and it was met with uh, average to good reviews. <laughs> 
So, Will, for further listening, as we've said, we've already talked about Neon Knights. We are going to be talking about Girl, which does turn 25 next year, by the way. Uh, so we are going to keep our further listening choices to this time of Danny's career. And also we are blessed with the uh, various versions of the album, including Love and Kisses and dot, dot, dot. And the deluxe edition released in 2009 as well. So, Will, I'd love for you to go first. Uh, so I have gone for a uh, extra track on the deluxe version. It was all, This was also a B-side uh, for a single. Uh, and it's called Hallucination. was hallucination which is very dubby there's not a it's not a very it's not very structured you've got danny in there but not in her traditional sense when she's there she's very breathy very husky but it's the production on this i absolutely love it's almost a little bit pet shop boysy i thought with some of those really harsh almost industrial uh dance beats yeah i'd agree with that and also, the production team on this are the same as the team behind Jump to the Beat. So that's LA Mix and Andrew Whitmore. And they also wrote this one as well. Um, so I like, I like that we get to hear their how they write as well as how they produce. But also what I love about this, it reminds me of uh, If It Moves, Stub It from Girl. And just that idea of Danny just really just throwing all the rules out and just experimenting with sound rather than feeling like she has to create these again three and a half minute pop songs it's for the her it's not about that it's about playing with sounds playing with styles showcasing herself as an artist not just a at this point mm. soap star turned pop star yeah very good analysis dan actually well done oh thanks to change what have you gone for so i have gone for the silky 70s edit of baby love silky 70s edit of baby love there you might think i picked that just because the title conjures up images of uh blue movies or whatever but actually i just love the sound of this and particularly i love the strings and we talked before about the uh, orchestral version of this remembrance almost very 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 slight hints of that for me i love strings in a disco track and i think they work really well here will what do you think to it uh, first of all, I wasn't sure because I'm playing the tracks today as we're as we're recording. I wasn't sure whether you wanted there's the seven inch or the twelve inch, so I went with your mantra where if in doubt, make it twelve inches. Absolutely. So we had the full six uh, and a half minutes there. For me, this is very reminiscent of like CC Peniston. Yeah, which is a very good thing. What's it called? Jack the Loud New, music? New Jack Swing. 
New Jack Swing, that's it. Would would you would you, would she fall into that box? No, it's just that brilliant kind of nineties dance. You were thinking of Jack the Lad Swing, Dan, which is JLS. Oh, I'm getting all my jacks mixed up. You do love JLS. <laughs> when are we talking about them? No, when we get to that point, I think we'll know it's uh, time to time to end it. Mm, quite quickly. Death. We're, We're out, out of time. time. <laughs> I just need to bring the mood up a bit, Dan, because I don't want the last thought to be death on the podcast this week. So do let us know your memories of Danny's early solo career. Uh, solo career? She was never in a group. Of Danny's early recording career. Uh, and uh, Love and Kisses and Beyond. Uh, the hits and beyond. At Track by Track UK. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please do head over to Apple Podcasts to give us a rating and a review and a follow, please. And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next on Track by Track? So next week, we are talking about a five-piece English pop, indie, uh, rock even, band. And we're celebrating 15 years of their debut album. And this is when there was this huge sort of indie revival on the charts uh, they went on to uh, write west end shows or at least one of them did one of them even married a, a very successful pop star but we're taking it back to an album full of singles that were all over radio one and radio two way back in the mid 2000s oh and if you're still with us after that <laughs> uh, we will see you again sue on track by track but until next time i've been regina richards and I've been Eric Idle. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, this one was written by Stephen Bray with Regina. Regina. I could do it again. <laughs> Vagina. <laughs> Is it Regina? <laughs> Just saw the Gina at the end. think when i was looking at it earlier i did think don't say regina because <laughs> it's not regina <laughs> 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 oh god oh dear